0: What's up, Doc? Good morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good
1: evening, and good night. Greetings and salutations. Hello,
0: Poppy. Hello there. Hi, ho, neighborinos.
1: You are cleared to land on Docky Bay 77. A podcast about movies, music, TV, and anything else these guys can think to talk about. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Dayton Johnson, and I write a column under the name Jane Doe. And with me is Brad Cozo.
0: How is everybody doing? I am Brad Cozo, and you are not.
1: (laughs) Very good. All right. We are here to discuss uh, Fletch versus Vacation and decide Which one of these two is actually Chevy Chase's best movie? Before Mm -hmm. we get into it, uh, Brad, you have some information about Chevy, do you?
0: Well, uh, let's see. Chevy was one of the first, uh, obviously, breakout stars of SNL. He was one of the only people that was on the show for just one year and decided to go off. Now, I also did read, though, that his contract was not a full contract like the rest of the cast that he did only have a one-year contract (laughs) and you know like a lot of tv stars he went off to do movies uh did a couple things like foul play seems like old times uh modern problems uh but really didn't get any big fame until he is teamed back up with his replacement bill murray in caddyshack in 1980 right And, you know, goes up to there to Fletch, to vacation, Fletch lives, European vacation, Chris's vacation. And then (laughs) we see this huge, huge, huge decline that is surrounded by a lot of controversy and a lot of rumors, some factual, some maybe not about uh, Chevy's work ethic and his career choices.
1: Yeah. And I heard that uh, him and Bill Murray did not get along on the set of caddyshack and which makes that scene uh you know in the um when they're talking about the grass and everything else uh he has to play through that makes that scene even more interesting because they really did not like each other at that point so but yeah yeah. And and the thing is about that is what's so funny
0: is much as what they seem to be hated each other they really have good chemistry on screen together yeah Yeah, You know, and a lot of that was a
1: a lot of that was improvised, too. Yeah. So that's that's impressive when you don't like the guy you're working with. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess what we'll do is we'll talk about uh, National Lampoon's vacation first. Um, A little plot, uh, just in case you have never seen this movie, uh, which would be impressive. Uh, Let's see. So the Griswolds have decided to go on vacation and Clark, the father, has decided that. They're going to drive across country from Chicago to California to go to Wally World. And everybody else in the family is wondering why they don't fly. And he says, I like to spend time with my family. So, of course, as they go across country, all kinds of bad things happen and hilarity ensues. And we will discuss a lot of those things. But before we get into that, um, Brad, do you actually have a quote unquote vacation story of your own?
0: See, I I, I dug my mind to try to really think about this, but the one that sticks out closest to me that's, uh, I'd say, very similar to uh, vacation is, you know, it wasn't cross country, but it was from Ohio to Florida. And we did that trip many times, but I feel like it was when we got to that age, you know, because it was me and my brother. And once we got to that 12, 13 age, we're still doing those trips. And the bigger you get, and I felt like our vehicles were getting smaller. <laughs> so when he's talking to, uh, um, you know, Mr. Wallidiani, he's like that smell from the back seat, and, that's, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes, that is that thing. And yeah, and I remember asking my father, why aren't we flying? You, you know, just <laughs> so many times. And the thing is you're getting to a destination, but that, that ride there is horrible. There's a lot of shoving and pushing and wanting to stop and not really wanting to stop, not knowing where you are, just being bored out of your mind. And that's the vacation of being a very young teenager, as opposed to being a little kid, you know, anymore. And I think that's what makes vacation work because they're a little bit older.
1: Right. I got you. All right. I have a quick story. Uh, from what is it? What year was it? It was 1987, the summer of 1987. It was 87 because I remember Def Leppard's hysteria came out. And so my dad and my mom decided we're going to go to the Virgin Islands. So I was kind of excited. Cool. I've never been there. And we were going to yeah. fly. I'm like, oh, even better. Well, my dad worked for the government and we got to fly for free as long as we flew on a military plane. Now, that sounds really cool until you realize it's one of the ones that paratroopers literally jump out of the back. <laughs> You know, the one with the big gate that's big enough to drop a tank and everything else. So we get on the plane, they give us earplugs, because of course you got giant propellers. Right. The seats are nothing but those web benches with kind of seatbelts. The bathroom was a bucket surrounded by a curtain. So we get to uh was it St. Croix, which is not one of the more uh, desired islands. But we get there, we get to our hotel and I'm thinking, man, this hotel is going to be so cool because I saw pictures and it's right there in the water. And I get there and the fountains that looked really awesome in the pictures were all dried up. The ice machine on our floor didn't work. Um, the, all the stores closed early because of crime. And we went snorkeling and I almost drowned. So it was a lot of Wow. That was not a fun vacation. The best part about that was I got to listen to hysteria pretty much <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> so I don't, I don't wish that flight on anybody, but anyway, well,
0: did the place <laughs> send out a mailer?
1: <laughs> I wish they would have because <laughs> with an updated picture or something. Yeah. Oh, it was uh yeah, it was good. All right. So let's go ahead and get into the movie. Uh, how, and when did you see this for the first time? Do you remember cable late at night? Yeah. I think yeah. I was there or maybe probably uh, renting it from the video store.
0: Mm-hmm. It was because it was what, eight, uh 83, right? Yeah. yeah. So we we're still a little too young, young to see it. So we kind of had to wait for the parents to go to bed. And, you know, we knew it was a R-rated, raunchy comedy, obviously going to have some nudity in it. Yeah. And, but like I said, that, that vacation, or at least where I'm from, a lot of, kids my age did those road trips and that's what i think what just made it so relatable again and it's usually obviously this is taken from john hughes experience of going to disney world with his parents we we did do those kind of car trips to disney world too so it, it is you know you got to put some of that aggravation on the side and you know, keep your eye on the prize you know just don't worry we're getting there we're getting there so I think it was just, it was so relatable. And that's what makes it. And I just rewatched it again the other night. And yeah, me too. Those memories still pop in, right? You're like, right. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at my wife like, oh my God, I remember when we had to stay there or that kind of place. It was
1: terrible. Yeah, it's amazing the places uh, we stayed when we would drive. Uh, we usually did a lot of driving from Cincinnati to Marble Beach, of course, and we also drove across from California to Ohio. And man, some of those drives are like it's going on forever. Like we drive through Nebraska, it's nothing but flat, and mm-hmm. you just want to get somewhere and get you stretch your legs. So yeah, um, I I believe I saw this also on cable, and uh, I was twelve when it came out, so it was a little easier for me to to sneak on to cable and watch it. Um, I just remember thinking it was so funny and uh i totally you know when you see the relatives you know the the cousins and uh yeah it was one of those that i was lucky enough to see i think i must have watched it i don't know a couple dozen times on cable mm-hmm. you know so um i think that the only one i've watched more is christmas vacation so
0: yeah and it also it has a um it has a familiar suburban look uh you know the way clark looks the way he dresses Even having, um, it just seems like Beverly Angelo, she fits, you know, it's like, yes, she would look like the kind of person that would be married, the house that they live in, the the way the kids are with video games and just (laughs) mom, dad, leave us alone. It just that really even I me mean, even though the whole movie is a complete ridiculous farce that part is still very realistic of and also that i want to get my family and i want them to think that i have the greatest time because we never got to do it in my family so i want to do that with you know my
1: family right and you know and i think that's one of the things that i really enjoy about this movie is that you do kind of you like clark you know you really yes. you really you really want the vacation to go well um because you kind of feel like they deserve it and yeah i i was lucky enough i guess the best way to put it that once i got to my teen years uh my brother older brother was 18 19 years old so he got to skip a lot of the trips um so i didn't have to suffer as much when we were younger because of course you know you know you would you're over you're on my side of the car there's all those arguments hey you know be quiet in the back you know stuff like that so mm-hmm when you're there and you're watching them, like uh, when Russ puts his feet up on the back of the seat, you know, that's so real. And then them arguing back and forth, that was so real. So um, it was a really good snapshot of an American family at that yes. time. And I think that's one of the reasons, one of the ways you got uh, pulled into the movie. Mm-hmm. So they did a good job with that. And um, it's interesting to see that, I guess, and when they started the movie out, uh, the original screenplay was more focused on the kids. Yeah. So, and I uh, actually, the, the uh, christy brinkley in the ferrari was supposed to actually be a 13 year old girl that kept passing the car uh for rusty to get involved with so to speak and uh so i guess they were doing rewrites like every night um and that's and it became more about the about clark than it did about the kids so that would have been an interesting movie to see about the kids
0: yeah but and then they also wrote in they really wanted uh rusty to get some in this movie because they wrote in another scene and i didn't notice it till this time that i watch it so after clark talks to rusty after he you know is ordering from the pool waitress (laughs) right um you know clark is supposed to walk away and he is supposed to see a hooker and rusty goes with the hooker Right, and when he comes back out and sees Beverly Angel and Chevy Chase in there, the hooker is actually standing next to Rusty.
1: Yeah, I noticed that this last time through, and I because it was uh it was Rusty and um Audrey, and then there's this blonde headed woman standing next. Yeah, to him. So I'm like, I'm like, and I saw that note. I'm like, oh, that was the hooker that he's supposed to. Uh, that would have been hilarious. You know, yeah. I mean, a little bit um tasteless, but it, it would have gone with the movie. I'm kind of. Yeah. You know, it would have been okay, but I'm sure a lot of people would have been upset about that. Yeah. And, but no, there's um in uh let's talk real quick about uh Audrey and her joints that she doesn't inhale properly. Right. You know. So uh that was uh that was Jane Krakowski's first role as the mm-hmm. cousin. Um let's talk about the uncles and cousins. Uh Randy Quaid, um wow. Uh, that plate in the head and, you know, those white shoes and, you know, real tomato, tomato ketchup. <laughs> yeah, ain't nothing but the best, <laughs> right? You know,
0: and I, I think a lot of people think that that character was created for Christmas vacation. But, you know, you really forget how it that's the one thing that's missing from the second film is some kind of cousins or other relatives to them. But, yeah, he really works that, you know irresponsible you know they just keep having kids even though they can't afford it um and there's some hardcore you know the stuff about daddy says i'm the best Best. oh i know Uh, i mean so many things i cringe And, 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 and and the fact that yeah she doesn't smoke any pot but she has a shoebox a shoebox full of marijuana i mean this is thousands of dollars that this, know, right? this woman has so i don't understand why eddie just doesn't sell that and you know they can start you know paying off their mortgage a little bit more
1: yeah i know he asked for fifty two thousand dollars man i just i could <laughs> i'm like she's got the the mother has uh what two or three jobs or something and he's not working oh, yeah. at all no oh, he's he's a piece of work mm-hmm. but uh and edna man Emma Jean Coca almost didn't take the role because she didn't think she could be mean enough. And she is hilarious. She just loved to hate her. her yeah. And her dog, Dinky. And,
0: and um, yeah, just there are certain elements that I, I like the, the the moment that they have between Eddie and him at the end, where he does give him the shoes. Right. Where he does kind of be like, I love him, Ed. You just, just to piss Edna off, you know, right? he's like, I'm going to wear these just to bother everyone else because you guys don't you think you know me
1: right yeah and she was uh she cracked me up the entire time she was on the screen and then of course you know uh when they leave the campground and he attaches dinky to the uh bumper and the cop shows up the funny thing was i guess after the movie came out uh they were actually the filmmakers actually contacted by uh viewers that had said, unfortunately, a very similar thing had happened to them. And I thought to myself, how do you do that? But I guess, you know, we are all caught up in everything and it wasn't his dog. He, you know, he, you're not thinking about it. And right. But man, what a horrible feeling. And oh, I don't even know. I don't even know what I would have done had that happened to me. I think I would have had to gone home at that point. You well, well, The thing is, too, is
0: as I'm watching it the other night, you know, and I've got my little dog sitting there and <laughs> You have to put your frame of mind it of look at what you're watching. Right. This movie is ridiculous. You could even say the same thing about somebody, you know, the guy getting his head blown off, at, you know, at the end of Pulp Fiction. You know, it's, <laughs> is that well, terrible? Yeah. Absolutely. But it's funny. It's, it's farce. So it isn't a, a cruel thing. One of the main problems that has, and I think aged very well, that I guess Harold Ramis did talk about before Uh, before he passed away, is that they feel really bad about the ghetto scene. Oh, Uh, Oh, yeah, in St. Louis, right. They they said that they kind of really do feel ashamed that they, you know, portrayed it so cliche. Uh, But in another turn, you almost see Clark's stupidity about the world trying to talk to them like that. And you almost feel like they're putting on an act it's a mess with this guy because he thinks uh, what it is, bro, (laughs) you know, and (laughs) he calls him Holmes.
1: I was like, you've got to
0: be kidding me. But I, I, is, is it kind of, you know, like, Ooh, that's a little hard to watch, but at times it's like, well, Clark kind of deserves it. You know, he's, he's not very smart, you know, but, this would at least two lesson less and be like, no, you know, the, like the guy's like, this ain't even my place. I'm from the right. West side of Chicago, <laughs> just <laughs> like them.
1: I know, which was great, which was great. I don't think people caught that the first uh, time through, but yeah, when you hear that, you're like, he probably lives right down the street from him. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, it was, yeah, I, I read that too. And um, I guess it kind of points to the fact how far we have come since yeah. the movie came out um, that maybe uh, those jokes just aren't as funny as they used to be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's and, not like I want them to take it out, but you just got to know it's what... like
0: you look at the time it was made, why it was funny. Then can you can you see why? You know, same with horror movies. You know, you look at horror movies now. Oh, it's not scary. But you know why it was scary then.
1: Right. I right. agreed. Agreed. Um, all right. So let's talk about a couple other things real quick. Uh, do you have a favorite scene?
0: Um, I really do like when he is talk trying to explain it to Rusty. You know, just just hold the thing. He's like, like a, uh, you know, what are you doing up? You woke up the whole hotel, <laughs> Dad. <you know? laughs> right, and right, Him trying to explain why he did what he did, and then turning into pool ragers. Anytime Clark gets caught doing something, where you know, even just the little hand gesture of, of "Mom's behind me," right. Uh, anytime he gets caught and he tries to really quickly save himself, any of those scenes where. He tries to act like, "Oh, I knew it all along." Somebody, it's somebody that's tripped and fell and tries to get him. I, I meant to do that. Yeah, you know the thing with the license. I, I know, honey. I was just uh, checking <laughs> some with the license plate there. A- any of those scenes is what works best for me. What about you?
1: Um, actually, I really, uh, I kind of like it when he uh, loses his temper at the end yeah. when he when he punches the moose. Um, I mean because. It, even before that, when they're in uh, Arizona dropping off Aunt Edna, and he's just you know he he loses it in the car. Like I can't believe you guys want to turn back now. We're we're ten hours from the effing fun park, and you guys want to go home? And you know you can just tell he's he's reached his end. He is just he's going to snap. And and after they've been through all that, you know especially the guy at, when he's trying to uh, cash a check you know, at the hotel. And yeah. I was like about the whole credit card. He's like, I have my credit card. It was my wife? And the guy's like, not without a major credit card. And you totally are, are feeling for Clark at this point. You're like, just just cash the check, man.
0: And then. Yeah. yeah. And because it's like, I have, he knows he ha- I have the money. Right. I have the money. You just, you know, and it's trying to convince him of that. It's just, yeah. You feel for Clark because you, you know, and I think of like, you know, he's probably working Extra hours to save up that money for you know the kids trip, and he did all this time. You know he's thinking about it. he's like, I did all those extra hours, did all those things, sacrificed my birthday presents and Christmas presents all for you guys, <laughs> and you did. It. So kind of kind of feel for him at that moment. He's right. They, he can't
1: right. turn around now. Right, right. I agree. I agree. I totally, uh, I totally agree. So how about a? Do you have a favorite character? Um.
0: Uh, <laughs> 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 I, 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 I mean, it, it's Clark, you know, because okay, okay. I, I almost see him as I was, like I said, I was rewatching it. He's almost kind of a little bit of a, a, a blueprint for the way like Michael Scott is, you know, okay. somebody oh, that has, that. that's not really smart, but every one of their intentions is, is meant with a, with a heartfelt meaning. Right. And it's, it, it, you know, cause he will do anything for the family he walks across the desert for him. You know? Oh, I love it.
1: Yeah. I love that. He shares the beer with rusty and tries to yeah. explain everything to him. And, Oh man, that's just too funny. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I did look, I did see that, that, uh, the, the can was empty. So yeah. it's nice to know that Anthony Michael Hall was not drinking a whole can of beer. But Russ <laughs> is my
0: favorite of all the, 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 of the Rusties, though, or, uh, yes. Anthony Michael Hall is.
1: Yeah. And, um, I think when I was a kid, I think my favorite probably was rusty. And as I got older, I think I was way more uh, sympathetic to Clark. Um, I just hope I'm never that uh, much of a bumbling fool. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I will do a lot of things for my family, but you know, at some point you just have to uh, make some better choices. Right. Like, you know, um, like night, not hijacking a a park. Now I do want to talk real briefly about the uh, original ending yeah so of course he loses his temper punches the moose goes and buys the uh the bb gun and in the original ending drives to uh roy wally's house and i guess makes him and his assistant and the security guard dance and sing the uh Marty moose theme song yeah and, and the cops show up and it turns out that the you know, christy brinkley's character in the red ferrari that's been following him uh or you know crossing paths with, turns out to be wally's daughter and convinces his uh, her dad to let them go
0: now, Honestly, I didn't read that part.
1: Yeah. I didn't, didn't know that, yeah. that
0: part. The first part. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know this thing about Chrissy Brinkley. Yeah. Character,
1: no. Yeah. She's supposed to be the daughter and it, it gets even worse. I guess they, uh, they actually get on a plane to fly home and it turns out they got on the wrong flight and Clark <laughs> snaps and then tries to hijack the plane. So oh yeah, God. as you can tell, this would did not test very well with audiences. So they come back and they uh, shoot it uh, at the park and in the meantime, uh, Anthony Michael Hall has grown three inches. Yeah. So he's actually taller than, uh, Beverly DeAngelo at this point. So, which is funny. And, and, of and they bring in John Candy who got paid $1 million yeah. for, for like what, five minutes of screen time.
0: <laughs> I don't even know if it was five minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting. And it turned out, I guess a lot of them were actually, uh, getting sick because they had to ride the rides multiple times. Mm-hmm. And so it was, if you really look at that and look at, um, the, the fact that it was a road movie, both figuratively, excuse me, and literally, they drove through, what, five states of c Yeah. my know here: California, Arizona, Colorado, Missouri, and Illinois. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it was 100-plus degrees, and people were passing out. Imogene uh, Coca actually had a stroke. So mm-hmm. that's a lot of things going into the making of this movie. Um, And it was Harold Ramis's second movie, um, the first one being Caddyshack, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always forget that this was a John Hughes written movie because I got so used to his 80s, you know, uh, high school movies.
0: Yeah. And him basically taking the director's chair
1: most of the time. Right. Right. So um, it's impressive that they actually finished the movie because that's a lot of people to cart through those states, a lot of trucks, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and and apparently Christy Brinkley even though she's barely on screen she traveled the entire time with them and when she wasn't shooting i guess she was whitewater rafting and skiing <laughs> doing mm-hmm. all kinds of uh, you know touristy stuff while they were all working so i thought that was funny
0: too and and apparently Chevy Chase claims to have home video copy of the original ending
1: yes man i would i would really love to see that i don't know that, if i <laughs> want to see that though it might <laughs> kind of it's super cringeworthy i'm sure i'm sure it's super cringeworthy mm-hmm. so Um, okay. Well, um, so we both agree that the movie works because it's a, it's a slice of the American family at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, is there anything that doesn't work for you? Anything you're kind of like, you you know, give me a break. Come on. That's just stupid. Why is that even in here?
0: Not so much anymore because it is so ridiculous um, because it's not playing on a kind of a comedy like little miss sunshine or anything that we're, you know, we're national lampoons. Right. Right. So I kind of look at it, it, you know, like a satire is like watching airplane or naked gun. So I I think with this movie, you kind of have to let even the littlest things let it go. I mean, there's no way he would be able to just that they would flatten his car at the, the you know, the beginning of the movie, <laughs> you know, I mean, Eugene Levy is great at the beginning yes. of the movie, but I, I know going in that this is going to be really, really, really just ridiculous. And yeah. so, yeah. So some of those things don't stand out in that movie. What about you?
1: Um, as awesome of a as a car it is. And obviously it's Christie Brinkley, you know, I just don't, believe that she would have any interest in chevy chase and i know that's our, our clark and i'm like you know now granted they do have they do see her at the one rest stop where she's dancing around outside of her car and she has those truckers paying attention to her so you know it's like i think she's just really messing with him oh yeah for fun but at the same time i'm like why him is it is, is he an easy target is it I yeah mean, is she really have is she is she mean i i don't know i think it would have been in my mind, a little bit more interesting to see, uh, the thing with rusty, the 13 year old girl and mm-hmm. that back and forth. Cause that's, cause I will say that's happened to me on a trip. You're, you're cruising down the road and you're bored and you look out the window and there's, you know, a girl in the car next to you. And you're thinking, man, she's cute. I hope they're going to the same place we are. <laughs> you know?
0: but, and I think though, then though, you have to give Audrey something true, you, you know? So it's like, Do you want, if they, the, the, the fact of playing it safe and say, yeah, she's got all this weed, but she never smokes it.
1: Yeah. We never see it, which is probably good. So then
0: if you give her that, then you're saying, okay, now you're promoting, you know, drug use on a 13 year old girl. So (laughs) it it would, it would definitely work, but you got to give, you'd have to give Audrey something because she just would get lost in the shuffle.
1: Yeah. I kind of, I do feel bad for her because I feel like she doesn't get as much screen time as uh rusty does, but yeah, you know, I still think they uh they did a good job, you know, considering yeah. this is pretty early in both of their careers. Oh yeah, um, so let's see. uh Any uh final thoughts on vacation before we move over to Fletch?
0: Um, I I, I love you know when when Roy Wally shows up, you <laughs> know, and and I think that ending works of just trying to explain to them, you know, it's just like, would you you know do the same thing if you were me? No, yeah. no, you know, in the home they 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 don't they don't close Florida, I, right, right, and it does end on a hey everybody be happy. You no, know, you know the that original ending. It just I I think even though it is farce, that would be taking it just you know in a direction that I think people would just get bored with.
1: Yeah, and actually, if you watch all the credits, there is a shot of them on the plane, and apparently that was actually. Uh, taken from that scene okay. um, as well as the uh, I guess there was supposed to be they mentioned the camel um, that comes and helps uh, the rest of the family survive in the desert mm-hmm. apparently that camel was raised in California and had never really walked on sand so yeah. that's why so that's why we don't see the camel mm-hmm. so uh, real quick let's cover a little bit of uh, facts about the movie um, we did mention it was our, it was released in 1983 um, John Hughes written and directed by Harold Ramis but a budget of 15 million dollars 15 which in 83 that seems like a lot for a road comedy um but it did make its money back with 61 million which is not bad for uh for a comedy you know around huh. that time so it definitely worked out and of course spawned um a few too many uh sequels
0: yeah uh, i mean <laughs> I, i'm it's on afi's you know 100 you know best comedy lists you know i mean it it does has and rightfully so
1: right for lisa yeah yeah so All right, let's switch gears over to uh, the 1985 uh, movie Fletch. Um, Real quick, uh, the plot, uh, Erwin Fletcher, played by Chevy Chase, of course, um, is an investigative reporter and is currently doing a story on drugs being sold on the beach when um, a wealthy man asks him to murder him because he's dying of cancer. And wow, that's a lot to take in in a comedy. Um, Yeah. so. Uh, Do you remember when you saw this for the first time? And uh, was it fully? Yes. Okay.
0: This is one of those films that for years I could only see in pieces. I would always catch it at the very beginning. And then I had something to do afterwards and had to leave, or I would catch the end. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I actually sat down, fully rewatched it from beginning to end, and then seen it a couple more times. But yeah, it was constantly seeing it in pieces. I think I saw full of Fletch lives before I saw full of Fletch, like the okay. full beginning
1: to end. Okay. Yeah. I think um, I've only seen Fletch lives maybe once.
0: Uh, I watched it last night.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. See, yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen it in many years. I actually have rewatched Fletch multiple times. It was actually on stars and I downloaded it to my phone. So I was able to watch it multiple times whenever I had a chance to pick it up. And it was definitely a uh, cable for me. It was mm-hmm. definitely, I probably rented it as well. I, I know a friend of mine at the time, uh, Timber, We love the movie because we just thought his, the aliases were just hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was interesting that the writer, the guy that actually wrote the original book actually had final say on who gets to play Fletch. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess at one point they had considered Burt Reynolds and uh, Mick Jagger. Yeah. Jeff Bridges, Charles Grodin. That's a weird choice. um, Barry Boswick. But uh, it wasn't until they got Chevy Chase that he was happy. Um, so, you know, and Michael Ritchie, um, directed it, did bad news bears prior to this and, and uh, the screenplay is written by Andrew Bergman who wrote blazing saddles, which is a great, yeah. great comedy. So some, uh, Bergman's got a directing career. pretty well too. Yeah. So, um, not too bad. Uh, so let's get into the meat of this. Um, he, uh, I love all of his different aliases. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, and he, he seems to keep picking, uh, some famous names and some obscure names, like, you know, of course, Ted Nugent and then, uh, Gordon Liddy, you know, you're like, and these people aren't catching that or do they just not care that he's making these things up? Well, they're so they're
0: famous names, but you know, he can't go in and say I'm Michael Jackson right. or I'm John Lennon. Cause right. you're like, Oh no. But someone says Gordon Liddy, you're like, I'm- Oh, okay. Your name's Gordon Liddy. You don't really think about it for a sec. You know, it's, it's too non-familiar to think about, but familiar enough for to go, wait,
1: is that right? Gordon Liddy? Well, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Cause you're like, do I know a Gordon Liddy? Yeah. (laughs) But um, no, uh, Tim Matheson as, um, oh, it was interesting to see because I had watched, uh, you know, Animal House dozens of times one of my Mm -hmm. favorite movies of all time and seeing him in this part was a little weird um doesn't have a lot of screen time but i think makes the most of his time and you from the get-go i didn't trust him and i didn't like him but you know you're offering you know a lot of money to uh to kill me and i'm like i'm intrigued you know yeah would would you do it for 50 (laughs) for fifty thousand dollars
0: well, for 50, no, no way, <laughs> this, this is definitely not enough money, even I think in 1985, but nah. I, I, I like how Fletch is just kind of looking at me like from the very beginning, he's like, no way, there's no way you're doing this, but I'm going to find out why me and why you're doing this. You know, it just, nobody picks you off the street and says you know kill me for $50,000 because i have cancer. It it right. it's a, it was, okay, you're going to be doing a mercy job. No. Right.
1: Right. And it's it's funny um how i mean i guess in the uh book the two storylines uh didn't uh match up but i like how in this one uh the you know uh, the drugs on the beach and this guy are all kind of working to, you know in together. So it's and it was great seeing uh, Gina Davis in one of her very early roles. Very
0: early role. Yeah.
1: Um, looking great, of course. And then uh, there's, uh, you got George went on the beach, mm-hmm. um, a lot of famous people in this. Um, and so my question is this, uh, is it, is this movie in general? Cause I think it's hilarious. I love, um, I love it, pretty much everything about it. I have one scene that I really, really don't understand. And one scene I really, really don't like, but is it does does chevy chase really drive this movie or is it because he's working off a lot of good people is it the is the story what do you think what makes this movie work
0: um i honestly do think it is him uh he has said that it is his favorite role because it is very similar to him it it kind of is a do you know what chevy chase is (laughs) i don't know this is the kind of comedy he does it's it's quick You know, it's something improv, a lot of improv, a lot of improv, you know, that just sitting there talking, I don't shower much. That's your comedy. That's your comedy that you're going to get it. It is different. It is very unique. So I do think, but even, but you also do have a really good script by Bergman and Michael Ritchie is a good comedy director. So yeah, you are surrounded. So it's definitely a combination of both, but you know, I think with films like the, 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 foul play seems like old time. Our prop problems. Those were kind of not really showcasing who he was, right? This was his comedy that I think his original SNL kind of comedy that smart Alec, but did, did you just insult me <laughs> and you don't have time to think about it? Cause after right. that he's gone.
1: Right. And I will say that um, I I thought it was funny that he said, this is this character is most like him, which I think is funny because you know, people seem to like Fletch, but in real life, not too many people seem to like Chevy Chase. But that's, you know, all conjecture. Um, mm-hmm. But it, and do we believe that Gail Stanwyck falls for Chevy as fast as she does? I mean, she lets him into her cabana when she's wearing a towel, which is a great line. Can I borrow your towel? I just hit a water buffalo. Man, what a great line. But do yeah. we, do we, what makes him charming? Is he charming? Is it just one of those things where, Hey, let's give Chevy chase an attractive woman to, you know, play against. I mean, do we believe it? Well, he's not just a reporter. He's a con man.
0: You know, he cons his way into things. He, he knows how to make people comfortable without, without being threatening. Right. Okay. It's a little stretch. It it is uh, a little fast, but if you went through, many of the films of the eighties of seeing how fast uh, you know, a couple gets together after just a traumatic experience or, you know, or I, obviously I don't even call it love at first sight. It's just like <laughs> hot attraction at first sight. You know, it was so, but you know, does it bother me? It's just one that I just kind of let go, but yeah, it is fast.
1: Yeah. And I will say that uh I really liked her character. I actually felt, you know, when he shows her the, the picture of his, uh, spoiler alert of his other wife in Utah, you know, she really looks hurt. And I really felt bad for her because she seems yeah. like she's a decent person and she married this, this crook, this criminal, this, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in, so, I mean, I really liked her character. Um, and she, she even said, you know, why, you know, why'd you let me in He goes She's like, cause I was bored and, uh, yeah. And you can tell from the beginning that she's out there in the pool, and he lo- and Ch- uh, Fletch looks out there and sees her, and he's talking to, you know, Stanwick, and you could. There's just like no relationship. I mean, in, until the very end of the movie, they're uh, neither one of them. Are, Stanwick aren't even in the same screen together, right? So that was that was smartly done too. Mm-hmm. So I liked Gail's character, but there is a character and in, in a scene that I really want to talk about who is possibly we mentioned uh before in our other groups that MM at walsh uh you know his scene as the doctor as the proctologist just mm-hmm. is hilarious and uh you know it, it Just i just think about it now and it makes me laugh um is that the best scene in the movie do you think is it the funniest scene is there is there something that Beats it because i'm curious
0: it's 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 damn close but
1: <laughs> this movie has has
0: has a lot i mean it, i think the whole country club scene where you know is just is great where he's just screwing the underhills you, you know yeah. left and right and but underhill deserves it because that guy's na- a jerk now doesn't he sing uh moon, moon, moon river, river yeah, yeah but doesn't he also sing moon river in vacation he does so wow. I, I just like so I guess, yeah. So which movie uses Moon River the best?
1: <laughs> oh, Fletch, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then you use the whole fist doc? I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, it's just,
0: <laughs> I mean, it's very quick, very, um, you know, just kind of like, you know, you could go past that like thought in a second of like, did you just just, just say that? <laughs> but yeah, it, it works really well, but could be the funniest, but I really do like the country club scene. Maybe because okay. it's a little longer. Yeah you know, it's a little bit longer with the tennis and then him going in, you know, the water Buffalo line and you know stuff like that.
1: And that's a $400 lunch. That's insane. Especially in 1985, man. I don't, that just, Oh, I balked at that like $400. I mean, who does people do people really like caviar? I don't know. Yeah. And
0: those (laughs) steak sandwiches, you know,
1: really good. (laughs) That's right. Um, so real quick, uh, I have a favorite scene, and I have a scene that I don't like and a scene that doesn't make sense to me. Okay. So, my favorite scene actually is the car chase scene. Um, when he hops into that sports car that the teenager was trying to steal. Yes. I, I love that scene. It's hilarious. The music that they put along to it um, works perfectly. And then they follow it up with the scene or uh, their Dorfman where he interrupts that uh, convention or whatever that scene went on way too long. Where, you know, it does. Yeah. I, I don't like that one as much. Um, and of course, I thought it was funny that Dorfman was actually the name, one of the character names from animal house. So Harold Ramis, you know, brings that full circle. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that was on purpose. Uh, but, and then the one scene that makes no sense to me is when he goes to Utah to look at uh, Kavanaugh's house and he walks in, he's trying to be kind of stealthy and not get caught. And he lights up a cigarette. It's the only time in the entire movie where he lights up a cigarette I'm like why yeah it just kind of it taught it brought me out of the movie i'm thinking was this the first scene they shot and then changed their mind about him smoking it had or something? To have been. it doesn't make sense so yeah i it kind of and although you know the rest of that scene is funny you know these these you know these mattresses don't have your tags on it so yeah <laughs> being very quick but uh um is there was there a scene you didn't like something that maybe uh didn't work for you uh,
0: that the like you said the, the the scene that's just stretched out too long and okay. i noticed after watching fletch lives last night there's a very similar scene in um arlie Emery's doing a uh you know evangelist thing and he comes out there and it's a funny scene at the beginning and then it just gets longer and longer and longer. And I'm like, okay, he needs to move on. It was one of these outfits. That's funny at the beginning, you know, he's playing an evangelist too, but it's stretched out like way too long.
1: Yep. And okay. Um, Now, do you actually have a favorite alias? Uh,
0: I, I I mean, I do like Gordon Liddy, Um, (laughs) um, but you know, he's, what is it uh what is his uh Lakers name magic
1: right <laughs> that was terrible um oh I can't remember either uh well they just called him Fletch yeah
0: yeah but his oh. his his fantastic apple oh
1: right now yeah that was that, that would bordered on bad taste but it was so pretty funny
0: and, and I mean in any basketball player that will knowingly just go up you know, at the boards and just grab someone by the arm and start just like chawing down on them, and biting them is, you know, obviously my favorite.
1: Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Um, I still think I, uh, I like, um, Oh, I can't remember his name when he goes to, uh, when he goes to the proctologist, I think that, yeah. cause, um, it's just funny. And then when he goes later to the, um, to the hospital to get the file and he kept, he keeps changing his last name, you know, mm-hmm. uh, those are good ones. It's, I kind of wonder how much more interesting um, articles would be if more uh, reporters acted like Fletch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what was great, and this happened a lot in the eighties is that you could do an action comedy where where the main character didn't always have to be a cop. You know, right. you you had the reporter, you know, and Michael Richie did this twice. He did it with golden child, you know, he's okay. Right. You no, know, he's just a person that looks for kids. You can do the action comedy, usually by a uh, mistaken identity or, you know, obviously the reporter was very good or just someone witnessing a crime. It didn't always have to be a, a cop movie. A- and I like that, you know, this movie, you know, if you look at it, if you look at the cover of the film, it, you know, it looks like this is a cop action movie and, and, yeah, and that's it's true. not, you know, but I-, I think that's what I like about it. It's an action movie without him being a cop because cops have to go by certain rules. So Fletch doesn't have to, so he can break into places. He can lie to people. He can manipulate people and not feel bad about it because he's not a cop. And I think that's what worked with this film and a bunch of, I can say, imitators afterwards.
1: Yeah. Well, I definitely, there was, uh, yeah, it's at it the standard. I think there were definitely uh, people that tried to recapture uh, the magic that was in this movie. Um, I don't think yeah. they did, but yeah, it's, it's, it's. it's it gave people hey if he can do that let's get let's give it a try so people
0: love a smart ass getting into mischief yeah it always is a formula for success people always will love that
1: so uh how about seeing uh joe don uh joe don baker as chief carlin and i watch that, I'm thinking oh walking tall i remember that movie <laughs> <laughs> so we go we have him in walking tall as a as a tough cop and then he's playing a cop again but this time he's he's a crook
0: he always and, played a good heavy
1: yeah that's true and the i really like the scene um where they bring him in and they play it up you better take his picture first before the you know for he goes and sees the chief mm-hmm. and you know uh he threatens him and then he punches the uh the picture on the wall and they take takes him down into the cell and he literally was good. I mean, I totally believed he was going to shoot. him. Yeah. So I want to stick this knife, you know, knife in my shoulder and make it look like you attacked me. And then he gets back to the. Uh, the and even paper. Fletch sees that. Yes. He's like, this is the first time I might actually be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I think the fear in his eye was pretty genuine mm-hmm. and he got so he would goes back and yells at his editor and his editor didn't, didn't believe him. He's like, you're, you yeah. know, I, I don't want to, you're lying. I want, and I want an actual article and I want it. And, you know, and which I thought the, the relationship between him and his editor, the relationship between him and Gina Davis's character, Larry, yeah. which is just funny to, you know, Larry, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then especially when he's in Utah and he's on the phone with her and he says, Larry, I love your body. And the, the clerk at the hotel's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just little things like that really, you uh, did a good job making this fun. Uh, it paced well um, with the exception of the, the, the Dorfman scene. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything else in the movie that made me kind of go, okay, let's get, let's move on. Let's get to the next yeah. scene.
0: I mean, it's, it, it's not a long movie no. uh, and, and same with, you know, like I said, watch Fletch lives last night, 95 minutes, you which know, that
1: which is about normal for the eighties for an 80s comedy.
0: And after rewatching the second one, it's not a, a terrible movie. It's, you know, still directed by Michael Rishi and, uh, you know, with Chevy Chase. It just it's another one those it starts off way too serious. It's about, you know, Union soldiers wanting to take back over the South. And I'm like, or Confederate soldiers wanting to take over the South. And I'm like, oh, this got
1: serious really quick. Wow. I'd see. Like I said, I don't remember anything about the sequel. I need to watch it. I need to find it. it I mean, it is, it, it is kind of forgettable,
0: but uh, I also wanted to know your opinion of uh, this new Fletch incarnation with uh, John Hamm.
1: I, I I will remain. I, I will wait and to see mm-hmm. because I know at one point, Kevin Smith was trying to get one made. Yeah. Um, and it kind of disappeared, disappeared into production. Hell uh, we'll see. Um, I think you can reboot. Here's my issue with reboots and remakes. Um, let's stop rebooting movies that were good to begin with. Yes, and let's fix the ones that were a good idea but just executed uh, improperly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I like John Hamm. He's he's very talented. Do we? I mean, do we need another Fletch movie?
0: No, we no, don't.
1: We don't. But I'm curious. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I, I am curious. So I,
0: I I think it would be good to see John Hamm have a movie that that's him. Cause he does a lot of ensemble, uh, stuff, yes. you know, with the exception of Mad Men to have, to have, I-, I think he would be is the, is the appeal to it to see yeah. John Hamm kind of playing the stuff that, that he did really well on 30 rock.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah. uh, he, yeah, he has not had the, uh, ability or the luck yet to carry a movie. So right, right. maybe, maybe Fletch is a vehicle for him. We'll have to wait and see. Cause I, now you have me more curious about that. So um real quick I just want to cover uh as far as what the movie made it had a budget of 8 million which uh is not bad and then it made 50 okay so it was very successful um so pretty close both movies are pretty close in that respect um, now if you were to tomorrow year's board and you have your choice between vacation and fletch which one are you going to put in um I think
0: now I would want to watch. Uh, so this isn't the final decision, though. Right? No, I'm just this, curious. Because if- ah, I thought this was going to be really easy and it wasn't. Yeah, I know. right? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of there I think with you. Too. I would rewatch Fletch to kind of, you know, maybe fill out how how well he crafted that character to really make it his own, you know? look Eddie Murphy had Beverly Hills cop you right. know um you know Stallone had Rocky everybody had you know their character you know their 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 little franchise and stuff and he needed one you know uh he passed on a lot of a lot of big stuff he passed on Ghostbusters he passed on Forrest Gump he passed on Buzz Lightyear for Toy Story <laughs> I mean he passed on a lot of stuff but this film, was his possibility of saying, this guy is going to be around for a long time. And I don't know what happened after that.
1: (laughs) I think he alienated a lot of people is is my thought process, but that's just a guess. I don't know for sure. But um, so uh, between Clark and Irwin, who would you rather hang out with? Definitely
0: uh, uh, Irwin would be more fun. Yeah. You would get into things that you're not allowed to get into. Uh, hanging out with Clark would be very safe. Uh, there would be a lot of singing, a lot of hugging, <laughs> um, but yeah, Irwin definitely would be the more uh, fun guy to hang out with. Though.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. I, the Fletch character was a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. you, 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 you trust that he is doing the best job he can to get the story. And I would totally read his articles and I also want his hat that he puts on at the very end after he's delivered his story. He's packing up to go on, you know, vacation with Gale because he puts on an Astromo hat. Yep, which is so cool. It's like really because like you don't notice it at first, and then you're like, hey, wait a minute, that's from Alien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think Fletch is a more fun character. Um, so yeah, I'd hang out with him too. Now, I would. Definitely go to Clark when it comes to food additives and ask him oh, questions. Yeah. But uh, I don't think I'm going to hang out with him.
0: It, and me. I like that Clark works for a company that obviously flourished in, <laughs> in you know the 80s. You know, with preservatives and food additives and stuff. I'm like, oh man, I was like, he. It, it, that makes sense. His character just was right there in the middle of that. That would that would definitely make sense of how. You know, it's hard to see somebody that's such a, a kind of a, a buffoon doing yes. something yes. that they're very, that you just can't believe. in. like, no, I believe that he would totally do something like that, that he would geek out on that everybody else would, would not care about.
1: Yeah, I, I believe Clark. I believe Clark. He's, he's a, he's a nerd and that's okay. And mm-hmm. we, we like him because he cares about his family and we like Fletch because he is a smart ass and he would be a lot of fun to hang out with. So mm-hmm. All right. We're ready to decide which Chevy Chase movie is better. I think so. <laughs> I think so too. All right. Uh, since you are, are the guest and I am your host, I'll let you go first.
0: So, like I said, this was very difficult.
1: Yes. A- and
0: even as we're talking, I'm still kind of ping ponging it in my head, but I have to say vacation. Okay. For, for, for two reasons. One, because... He did say that Fletch is very much him. You know, it's his favorite role. Now, v- Clark is not like him. And I think to be able to play someone that's a buffoon, that's a fool, is a lot harder to play than yourself. You know, it's it's easy to be like, oh, I'd love to say that cool line. He's got a lot of cool lines in Fletch. Yes, In Vacation, you have to watch somebody make a complete ass out of themselves. and still at the end, be lovable. Yeah, and I think that's a lot harder to do. I don't know if at the time, you know, comedians at that time are are thinking of that. They just kind of want to make it funny, but I think that's a lot harder to do than... Both movies are fun, but I feel like Vacation also too, because it is so familiar. Just The European one, not so much, but even Christmas one. We've had family Christmases. We've had the family vacation. These are relatable situations. Things that Fletch, not so relatable, but still really fun. Now.
1: Okay. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. This is a tough choice. Um, I actually wanted to go to journalism when I was in high school and I actually started that way in college and changed it to uh, production instead. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like Fletch. I like what he did. I like how he does stuff and digs up that story. Um. But I will say I don't own a copy of Fletch. I own a copy of Vacation,
0: yeah. so
1: I, th- I will agree that Vacation was. Is it a better movie? Probably not. Is it a better movie for Chevy Chase? Yeah, it gave mm-hmm. him a chance to act a little bit um, and play. You're right, a buffoon and a likable character that you would you know have him over for a beer. You know, get together with the family um, living in the neighborhood. Unless you're like right mm-hmm. next door at Christmas time with all those lights, he would be a great neighbor. Yeah, he would. You know, he, he, I, I he, don't care about the jeweler jewelry, jewelry <laughs> drivers drawing. He'd
0: be a great neighbor because he'd be yeah. always entertaining.
1: Yeah, and of course, when they get the pool in, he probably invite you over too. So. Yeah, um, Fletch is a Fletch is a very funny movie. Great parts. Uh, you know, there's lots of good things about that movie, and. I would watch it again, but if I'm going to, like I said, I own Vacation. I don't own Fletch. Right. So I'm going to agree with you and go along with National Lampoon's Vacation. And, and I just wish they hadn't made so many of the sequels.
0: And the thing is, what was really hard about that decision is that I really feel that Chevy Chase had an opportunity to be kind of actor like like Bill Murray, to have right. a career not doing the same stuff he's doing but doing small independent films every once in a while finding you know you know and he had that I feel like that second chance with community and it just didn't go the way that he really wanted to right. and I really would have liked to have seen him have that career you know I know he obviously was hurt by the 2002 comedy central roast that they did of him. You know, they just like, but that's a roast. Yeah. But it's a roast, (laughs) but I think it was one of the first ones, Mm. but I I think it maybe got him thinking that maybe I alienated a lot of people, but then community comes around and I hear that he did the same thing. So that, yeah, yeah, it's kind of sad that we, we don't get, a Chevy chase for the, the adult Chevy chase that we, we should have gotten.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting. Cause I've been watching the series uh, movies that made us on Netflix. And they talked mm-hmm. about home alone, which of course was written by John Hughes, directed by Chris Columbus. Well, apparently at the same time they were making that they were making Christmas vacation. And yeah. And uh, Chris Columbus was actually supposed to direct that one. And Chetty was driving him crazy. Was just wouldn't listen to anything he said. And, uh, Chris Columbus calls up John Hughes and says, I can't work with this guy. And lo and behold, they said, well, I have this other Christmas movie. Here you go. And he makes home alone and they still get Christmas vacation made. And of course it worked out because home alone is a classic is just as well as Christmas vacation. So from what I understand, if you can't get along with Chris Columbus, then maybe it really is you. So I don't know. I look at it as
0: if I can put this in iron maiden ease, Chevy (laughs) chase is Paul Deano. And Bill Murray <laughs> is Bruce Dickinson, if if, I could,
1: <laughs> if that welcome. makes sense. <laughs> yes, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely, uh, yeah, I, I I can't say it any better. Uh, any final thoughts on either one of the two movies before we take our leave?
0: Um, even though you know we we you know we pick out little things, the, these are still funny movies. Oh yeah, you know these Absolutely. these are still laugh out loud funny. One of the other things I'd say why I picked Vacation it's just a lot more quotable. Yeah. We, when me and my friends get together, it's, it is vacation lines as much as possible, you know, and I'm sure anytime you meet up somebody and they were having drinks, Hey, I bet you could use a cool one. You just slide over your, half, (laughs) you know, your half or anytime you see looking fit, you know, so many quotable lines. Yeah. You know, and anytime I hear my mother yelling at my father, slow down. I, watch the beverly andrew scene i'm like god that, <laughs> I, that that's me in the back seat yeah but absolutely i hear you but both movies are still fun and, and still enjoyable though
1: yeah it's i think hard i might have, pick yeah i think i might actually have to go pick up a copy of fledge so yeah um because you know uh, hard copies are better than streaming but anyway um all right well i definitely want to thank anybody and all that are listening to us because uh you know, we can do this all the time, but it's more fun if people are actually listening. Yeah, this is so, fun, though. Yeah, this is a good choice. And uh, Brad, I want to thank you for uh, partaking in these two movies. And uh, I'm sure we'll do some more soon. Please, yeah. more and more. I love that. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, I'm Dayton Johnson.
0: And I'm Brad Cozo. We'll see you later. Thank you. Bye.
1: This has been the Docking Bay 77 podcast. Opening music provided by Eric Jason Brock. Check him out on YouTube and Bandcamp. If you want to reach out to us on social media, we are on Twitter and Facebook at Docking Bay 77 Podcast. Or you can send us an email, dockingbay 77 Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.